This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. You're listening to a section of the LibriVox NaNoWriMo project, in which a number of LibriVox volunteers write and record a whole novel together in serial form during November 2006. Chapter 29 The closed group sat on couches and high-backed chairs arranged in a tight circle in Theresia's private living quarters. She sat back, steeply reclined in her personal lazy boy. She did not move and appeared to be breathing in shallow, long-threaded breaths. Trevor was sitting in a high, straight-backed chair. Next to him was Tracy, sitting in a broad love-seat, with Fulvia, whose head rested against a large pillow, with her eyes closed. Tracy was holding Fulvia's hand as she gently stroked her former adversary's upper arm. Gerhardt sat upright in a cushionless wooden chair opposite them, next to Theresia. Pierre was holding up a large speakerphone so all could hear the clear, dulcet accent of Professor Prezak. He was speaking from the Worldcon jet rushing him eastward from California. I searched the various pieces of papyrus over and over. I, I just couldn't focus any more. It was time to take a nap. I woke up just a few minutes ago took a swig of this horrid coffee, and looked again. And then it hit me. How stupid I've been. The messages were the same every time. The motif was repeated again and again. Little ancient jokes thrown at me. No matter how I turned a phrase, they were the same. No matter what language I might have suspected these were translated from, the same message came through over and over. These words contain no secret, or the mystery is not in the script, or the words themselves are but messages, keys to some mystery, and on and on. There was a moment of silence, with sounds of rustling. Stupid coffee spilled all over me. Wait. Okay. Then it struck me. These are translations of translations. It's not the messages, it's the Prezak. What are you talking about? Translations, messages? Trevor attempted to interrupt him, and so no one could hear what the professor was saying. Dr. Prezak continued, I'll try a different track. I hope you don't mind me saying that I'm happy to announce that I do not have to meet with you. I would, though, appreciate that you allow me to go home and get back to doing what is really important. Yes, Prezak, we know. Your work, Trevor said. Ours is, well, a small consequence. We're trying to establish a green earth and world peace. After all, a small piece of papyrus that... Prezak jumped in. I'm telling you, the papyrus is but a messenger. Now it was the professor's chance to interrupt Trevor. Before papyrus there was cuneiform, as you know. But it's my guess that it's not the cuneiform cylinders that you're looking for, wherever they are. Do you know where they are? I know who has them, Trevor said. 
but shall i say you're better off not knowing who these people are you're better off remaining an innocent research authority anyway okay we'll bite what crazy theory have you come up with this time again a moment of silence but this time there was no spilled coffee prezak continued just as the egyptians stored bits of body parts and organs and all such in inside of jars it's quite possible that you have to be kidding me prezak trevor shouted i'm not kidding anyone prezak said it's not what's on the cuneiform tablets it's what's in them what is he talking about trevor tracy asked for some absurd reason, good Professor Prezak, do you need me any more? The professor asked. Thank you, Trevor said. Go home. The plane's yours for the day. We'll contact the pilot. The phone went dead. Prezak's energetic, matter-of-fact voice continued to echo through the room. Meanwhile, at Theresia's nod, Pierre closed up the wireless phone and carried it out of the room. He closed the door noiselessly. It's clear that Global has the cuneiform cylinder, Tracy said, and the sample of, of, inside it. Human remains, Trevor finished Tracy's sentence matter-of-factly. We must go to Malta to meet with Global directly, Tracy blurted out, her mind racing. If I'm correct, if there is viable ancient DNA in those tablets, it holds the key to resolution without conflict. We cure the family curse, and we establish peace. No, Trevor said emphatically. Malta is not a good idea. Not at all. Facing this directly is the only solution, Tracy spoke emphatically. The room fell into an uneasy silence. A few minutes passed by, and Gerhardt turned towards Elder, an imploring look on his face. Theresia offered in reply an equally silent, imperceptible, side-to-side -side shake of her head. "'Any other ideas, Tracy?' Trevor asked. Tracy sat back, looking directly down to Fulvia's limp hand resting in hers, there in her lap. Who would have thought their fingers were entwined? A former nemesis sat content and soothed beside her, shedding the years of rejection and remorse. Tracy spoke with apparent impulsivity. Her firm, assured voice made it clear to everyone that she was in command of herself, prepared for anything. She spoke warmly. What do you think, Fulvia? Is there anything you can suggest? Meet them on Lampedusa. The twin-layered complex architecture of Malta is a labyrinth, a dangerous trap, even if there were time to map out a strategy. Beneath the city is deep and dark. It's Global's hive, and you will be stung again and again. Theresia broke her silence. Yes, Fulvia has it exactly. Lampedusa is the perfect spot, remote but accessible. There is a small Misus villa on Lampedusa, 
on the northeast coast. In a private cove, if I remember correctly, Trevor added. We can land in Sicily and take a small plane into the Aeroporto de Lampedusca. There is no need for that, Gerhard interjected. No reason for stopovers. I've set things up. We have a jet, small enough to land on Lampedusa Strip. He stood up and walked directly towards the back door of the room. Hesitating for a moment, with his left hand on the handle, he turned to Theresia and said, I imagine this constitutes my encounter with the final blind yogi, sir. With a brief swallow, he added, Excuse me, I mean, madam. He smiled and left the room. Everyone? Everyone here is going. Be ready in ten minutes, said Trevor. With the exception of Pierre, of course. No, Pierre will be going with me, Theresia said. You're going? Trevor asked. To the island, not to the villa, Grandmother Theresia answered. The two of you will handle things perfectly, I am certain. What about the access codes, Trevor? Tracy said. I can work on the codes on the plane. You sleep, I work. You're going to kill yourself, she said. You need rest. I'll have no reversals at this juncture. You'll have, Trevor laughed, just one day, and this will all be over, Trevor said chillingly. Theresia rose from her lazy boy. Before you prepare to leave, I must speak openly to you all. Trevor's torso leaned backwards an inch or two, and his face assumed a guarded mien. I have withheld a truth from you, she began. The back door to the room suddenly opened, and Gerhardt walked in, catching the very end of Theresia's sentence. She continued, I have withheld the truth from each of you. She looked about the room slowly, lingering on each face benevolently, making it clearly apparent that the room did not contain a group of isolated individuals, but instead each person was on equal footing and each would be holding the fate of each other in their hands. Her face lingered on Fulvia. Yes, you too, my precious granddaughter. Fluvia's eyes widened, and she began to cry. I... Tracy held Fluvia close to her, stroking her hair. Please wait, my darling. It will all make sense in just a moment, Theresia said. I will put this simply. Trevor, you will understand why you were not named after my son. Tracy, you will understand why I was always distant from you. Gerhardt, you will know why I continued to trust you, even when you rarely trusted yourself. And you, Fulvia, will understand, even though so much was hidden from you, why you took the path you never wanted to take. Here, within a single truth, a multitude of mysteries are laid open. Some we share, and some are uniquely our own. I will reveal one, and that one will open a door to many. You will open them together, but only together. I will now speak 
directly of my son, T. M. His name was not Trevor, Missus, as you suspected Trevor. She gasped for a breath, as if it were her last. A deep and profound breath, filled with remorse and fear and sadness and hope. Yes, he was T.M., but his name was Topolis Misu. Top! Fulvia gasped, and then murmured in a whisper, My father? And the remains that must be in the cylinders or cylinders in his possession, Teresia went on to say, can only be ancient Misu flesh, pure and untainted. Even Top does not know that. None of us knew that here we would find the cure to the Misu madness. The room was suddenly quiet. Excuse me, Trevor ventured to say. How are we to arrange this meeting? Theresia answered. Everything is set in place. The meeting has long been arranged. We simply need to announce the location. By the time we're in the air, control will know where they need to be. Lampedusa. As I've said, I'll be flying with you, but I will not be attending. It's now up to you, Tracy and Trevor. Once we've landed, I'm headed south to Isola del Conigli, the island of rabbits. Pierre will make certain I arrive. The diminishing loggerheads will be hatching. I've been meaning to go there before I die. End of chapter 29 The text and this recording are in the public domain.